Greetings, my name is Dave. And I'm Stacy. Welcome to the Plants Change My Life podcast. We are a husband and wife team living in Houston, arguably the barbecue capital of Texas, who share a passion for good food and holistic wellness. We are on a mission to inspire people to live their best lives through healthy food choices, one meal at a time. Every individual making these choices today will help create a legacy of good health and wellness for the next generation. In this podcast, you'll hear stories from people who have experienced awesome changes with the plant-based lifestyle. We'll also feature other amazing individuals whose voices help with our mission. Today, we're talking to a D.C. native who dreamed about having a healthy, plant-based restaurant with food that she could feel good about eating every day. But she didn't see anything like that in her community, so she created it. Grab your tea and take a seat. Here's her story. Tanio Yarbrough, a former school principal who's now a restaurant owner dedicated to bringing healthy and affordable food to the masses. A wife and mother of two, she's also an absolute warrior. She survived cancer not once, but twice, and has used obstacles as stepping stones. She moves forward, she says, propelled by her awareness of a greater purpose. Thank you for joining us today, Tania. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. Let's get started by learning a little bit more about you, where you're from, and where you're now located. Awesome. So I'm actually a D.C. native. Um, So is my husband and my family, and I still live here. So D.C. is very much home for us. All of our restaurant locations are centralized in the DMV area as well. Just with small children, it was really important that we were able to kind of stay central to our base. Yes, yes. So that's good. I understand that. So can you talk a little bit about what like set the scene and tell us like what is the vegan culture like in that area and where you are? Yes. So there are vegan options in the DMV. I think similar to larger cities, there are a lot of different cuisine options. I think what sets us apart here is the fact that not only is our restaurant vegan, but is 100% focused on health. So everything is raw, everything is organic, everything is gluten-free, everything is soy-free. So when you come to visit us, you're not eating processed food. You're not eating food that's like heavy and like gluten and soy. You're really eating food that nourishes your body and nourishes your cells. And that's what this is really all about for us. I, I absolutely love that concept. I feel like that's, that's there's with all the vegan options that some cities have, that's one thing that's missing is like real whole Health healthy food. food. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really, really excited about everything that y'all are doing and the fact that you're continuing to open up locations and making this food accessible to more people. That's exciting. And it tastes good. And I think that sometimes there's this fear that food can't be super healthy and tasty. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we're able to show people how untrue that is. Things don't have to be like slathered in sauce and flour mm-hmm. and sugar to taste good. We don't use any artificial ingredients whatsoever. There's no additives to any of our juices and smoothies. All our desserts are sweetened with just dates. It's just really helpful to be able to educate our consumers as they come to eat with us um, to let them know that like everything that you're putting in your body is good for your body. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mean, really, that is something that's needed everywhere. <laughs> so hopefully y'all can keep opening up locations. So you have such an incredible journey. Can you go back to the beginning and talk about like how this all started? Like when and why did you decide to explore plant-based living? Absolutely. So back in 2018, um, I was a 28-year-old mom of two who was recently diagnosed with cervical cancer. And my journey through recovering from cervical cancer medically also left me in a place where if I am going to do all of these medical interventions to save my life, I can't then go back to the same lifestyles I was living prior to. Um, And a big part of an unhealthy lifestyle I had was my diet. And that was really our, my family's transition to researching and finding a learning about a vegan lifestyle and not just a vegan lifestyle, but a plant-based lifestyle and how that it could do some work, not only to heal my body after the surgeries of recovering from cancer, but also continue to heal my body to make sure that just overall wellness and being there for my family was an option that I had post, you know, my cancer journey. Mm -hmm. So what, so you... You decided to just kind of revamp your diet. What steps did you take as you began that transition from like eating the foods that you were you knew and grew up with to more plant-based and healthy foods? So I think I was lucky in that aspect that my husband had was already on a plant-based journey that I had selfishly decided that I was not going to join him on. So prior to that, like we would eat and I would cook and I would say like, okay, so you can eat the sides since you're vegan. Um, (laughs) So like he was, he had already started on this journey and it was easier for us to then say, okay, like these are the things that I've tried. These are the things you need to eliminate. Um, So we pretty much went from diagnosis to cold turkey we are a plant-based family. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool that your husband had already kind of shifted to this area. So he was probably, probably a really great support, right? Absolutely. And you have two children. How, what was their response to it? Were they? So at the time, my daughter was two. Um, and like... So food at that point was already largely plant-based when you're that young. Um, Mm -hmm. So her transition wasn't really difficult. Our son was about six and it it, it was different for him, right? Like he Mm -hmm. was already going to school and, you know, was eating with his friends and things like that. So I think just being able to watch what the way two children are able to eat one who was always eating this way and then one who's had to transition and even watching with those transitions feel like in a six-year-old from everything from not consuming meat and dairy, but even consuming less processed food and less sugar 
it always brings me back to the sooner we can do this, the better. Mm -hmm. If this was difficult for a six-year-old, of course it's difficult for a 20-year-old. Of course it's difficult for a 40-year-old. But how important it is to stick with it for the overall goals of our wellness in general and the wellness of our families. Mm -hmm. So did y'all start out uh, when you, like during this process, I know you have a, a raw, organic restaurant. Is that is that for the restaurant or did you actually explore that as well in your in your at home? Absolutely. So our restaurant is 100% raw. I say our family diet is more like 60% raw. We consume a lot of juices, a lot of smoothies, a lot of salads. Um, my dehydrator is my best friend. So <laughs> I would say the majority so, but then of course we eat things like rice and beans, our staples in our diet too. So I would say about like 60% raw. And honestly, it eating raw for us has just been easier and quicker. It's less things to prep, nothing to cook. So we really eat raw of convenience. Um, and then it, of course, like the health benefits, but it's also super convenient once you kind of get some recipes under your tool belt and find things that you like to do. Um, our daughter, she's now four. She loves to juice. She has like her favorite juice recipes and really getting your kids into it and getting them excited about it helps a lot as well. Mm hmm. Well, I, I can certainly understand that because we, my husband, when I met him, he was raw. And so we explored more raw foods in the beginning. Um, so I definitely, I know how creative raw food can be, but I know a lot of people who are not familiar with it can think, um, okay, what are you eating when you're eating raw food? <laughs> exactly, right? Yes. But the, and, and all the food that you have like on your restaurant's menu is just, so out of the world creative and looks Thank so you delicious. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, it's been really important to us for people to be able to come in and even though our menu is raw, still see things that are familiar. Like we have taco salads and burrito bowls so that even if you're new to this journey, there's somewhere for you to get started. Mm -hmm. We also have items on our menu that if you're new to this, may be a little bit intimidating, like a raw dehydrated beet burger on dehydrated onion bread, right? Like if this is my mm -hmm. first vegan meal, I likely wouldn't start there, even though that is my absolutely favorite thing on the menu. But there's other things, other places for you to start. And I think that's really important that regardless of where you are on your plant-based journey that you can come eat with us. Yes, it's, it is. I was really like my husband, like when I met my husband, I hadn't really explored anything raw until then. And I was completely amazed at how delicious like a raw burger would taste. Mm -hmm. Like I was completely blown away by it. Like it's unex so unexpected because you think like you need you need bread. Like, you need some real bread on a you burger. You need something warm. Like, you know, you... Uh -huh. But you don't. And you, you feel so well um, and have so much energy and realize that's the food that was weighing you down as you eat a certain diet. And I think that has been one positive thing for me as I've continued in my plant-based journey is really being able to let the food I eat decide... What, what feels good in my body. So like the food that I eliminate are just foods that don't feel well. After I eat them, I don't feel well. I don't feel energized. And that's how I've learned to eliminate food out of my diet. Mm -hmm. 
Was there anything that was just really hard for you to give up? Like that something that you really loved before? Oh, um, so many things. A lot of things? <laughs> um, I would say that prior to this, I was a pescatarian for a while, so giving up seafood was a little difficult. I went through the process of like, well, what am I going to eat? Like, what is going to be my main um, that I'm going to put these vegetables with? And I think that was kind of like a mental for me to overcome. Mm-hmm. So it's just the, you had to just kind of do a shift in your thinking about it, really. My thinking about food, my thinking about the fact that uh, we have in our head, like, what types of foods are breakfast foods versus lunch foods versus dinner foods, that every food needs to have an entree and a side, and really evaluating, like, where do we get these myths about food from? Right. And are those things actually benefiting our body? That's true. I like that you mentioned that, because I know, like, when I first started, when I became vegetarian a long time ago, it was just like, oh, if you're not having, like, meat on your plate... What are your your meal is not really complete, so it's like rethinking what you think about as a meal. H- how did your extended family and friends respond to your lifestyle switch? I would say that our village is amazing. So, unfortunately, I experienced the cancer diagnosis seven months apart. So, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer in twenty eighteen, and then breast cancer in twenty nineteen, and my family, my village, my friends really rallied around just my husband and I and our kids and um, just everyone, like everyone being helpful, everyone doing whatever they could to make sure that the kids' routine stayed as normal as possible, recognizing that we were in a very unique situation with what was happening with my health and that my medical, like my cancer medical journey essentially was a two-year process of being well. Um, and if that really takes a toll on you, um, on your marriage, on your family, right? Like not being well for that period of time. So I would say like my family has just been amaz- amazing. I, it, I am constantly like, how do I repay these people for holding our village together um, during this time? And then I'm constantly reminded that I got a lifetime. I got a lifetime to pay it for it, so. Yes, that's awesome that you had that support because I can't even imagine, I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like to go through that process. And and you've done so much in this period of time, like despite everything else that was going around, like that was going on, you, you've opened up a restaurant, not just opened up one, but... <laughs> three by now yeah so our third location is set to open this fall so yes like we just I just kept going I think that I always tell people at that point I I felt like I was just in the midst of the fire like everything was on fire so why stand still in fire right just like keep going Mm. so for me it was just like a I'm already here I've already committed I've already shared I also recognize that I can't be the only person going through something similar. I was very, very much motivated by, in these low points, those are like incredible teaching moments. And like, what am I teaching and displaying to my children about how we move forward 
in our lowest points, it's really easy to keep pushing and moving forward when everything is great, when everything is positive, but when it's not, when no one can see how hard you're struggling, like that is your work. And then how are you moving forward in those times? That was really important to me to make sure that I modeled for them. Yes. So you you have y'all you and your husband your family y'all have so much determination to keep moving, and I know that uh, purpose propels a uh, purpose is propelling that as well as um, you know you have this dream to open up a restaurant. Can you talk about because there was a lot of stuff happening in a short period of time. Can you talk about what like why did you even decide that you wanted to open up a vegan restaurant? Why was that important for you to make happen? Absolutely. So like, as we just decided to transition our lifestyle, um, we spoke a little bit about what the average vegan restaurant looks like. There wasn't a place where I felt like I could eat every day and be on this super healthy, um, I am trying to change everything about my diet and my lifestyle. So we wanted to make sure to to potentially be able to offer that to people and started the journey of looking to that, both as people who were new to the vegan food space, new to restaurants. So the process of just kind of looking into it and and getting started for one was a challenge, but also we both were coming to this restaurant work from extremely busy careers that didn't really lead to a lot of balance and self-care. And I think like for our family, particularly after the last two years we had, being able to say that our health and everyone's health in our household is the priority was the key switch to wanting to one, like change our careers, venture into entrepreneurship, but also offer that to other families. That's awesome. I love that y'all saw that this was something that's needed and you're actually going to make it happen. <laughs> Cuz a lot of times we'll see stuff and it's like, oh yeah, somebody needs to do that. <laughs> oh, I love that one. I'm I, I'm famous for that. Somebody need to invent something that does this. <laughs> yes. So, what advice would you have for somebody who is thinking about switching to a, like they know they need to, but they're not really sure, feeling like, I don't know if I can actually do this plant-based lifestyle thing. What would you say to that person? I would say just get started, regardless of where you are on your journey. If I'm eating three animal-based meals a day and I've cut that down to one, then I cut that down to once a week, and then I'm cutting that down to twice a month, right? Like just deciding to get started is what I would say, like not waiting for it to feel perfect or for it to feel like you have 50, 100 recipes to pull from. Mm-hmm. What, um, and just this short amount of time, it seems like you've fulfilled your dream of opening not just one, but on your way to three restaurants, locations. What's the next thing that you hope to accomplish in health and wellness? Yeah, I I feel like it's really important to make sure that people understand that my passion isn't tied to um, a brand or a restaurant. It's really about making sure that there are more wellness spaces that are curated for low-income people um, and people of color. Wellness spaces, whether it's food or exercise spaces, aren't often made with us in mind. 
So I'm just thinking about more and more, how do I create more spaces for people of color to not only get healthy, but feel welcomed in healthy spaces and feel like healthy spaces were created for them. Yes, that's awesome. I love that concept. And another thing I was, uh, I, I was reading about your restaurant is that y'all open in a food desert yes. area? Um, which was really important. I grew up in a food desert. So do so many other people, um, particularly people of color, particularly low-income people when we're talking about the, the major cities that we're living in. So to have a restaurant in a place that is accessible by so many different communities and different incomes was really important to us. Yes, I love that. That's pretty awesome. And I am looking forward to seeing y'all continue to, like I said, continue to just spread on around the country. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. So how can people connect with you and learn more about you and everything you're doing? So we are reachable on Instagram for sure. Um, Tania Yarborough on Instagram or Gangster Vegan DMV on Instagram. And then I'm also reachable via my website, TaniaYarborough.com. And that way people can reach out. They can send an email, um, media requests, anything like that. Okay. And is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to add? No, I don't think so, Stacey. I think you covered it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I am so glad that you were able to take a little bit of time to speak with us and share your incredible thank journey. Thank you so much. You are just amazing. So inspiring. <laughs> Thank you, Tania, for sharing your story. It shows a lot of strength, and we know that it will motivate others to take on that same resilience. And we can't wait to visit Gangsta Vegan to taste that raw beet burger. So Plants Change My Life prides itself on giving you the information without being too forceful or pushy. We just want you to have the knowledge to go forth in your own journey. But with that said, if there's anything that Stacy and I really stress, it's reading your labels. You've heard it from us before, and no doubt you'll hear it again. But each time, we hope to give you a little bit more insight into the why. Now, if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that we are passionate about eating real food with simple ingredients. We like to fully embrace a whole food plant-based diet with little to no processed foods. There are times when you may need to purchase packaged foods, and in those times, it's important to choose items with a short and simple ingredient list with items that you can pronounce and recognize. Today, we want to talk a bit about the term natural flavoring. On the surface, it may seem simple. I mean, it's natural, right? But really, when you get down to it, what exactly are you eating when you consume something with natural flavors? And how does it differ from artificial flavor? We did a little digging and found the FDA defines natural flavor as essential oil, oleoresin, essence or extractive protein hydrolysate, distillate, or any product of roasting, heating, or enzymolysis, which contains the flavoring constituents derived from a spice, fruit, or fruit juice, vegetable or vegetable juice, edible yeast, herb, bark, bud, root, leaf, or similar plant material, meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, dairy products, or fermentation products thereof, 
whose significant function in food is flavoring rather than nutritional. It's a mouthful, right? And with that said, we can quickly surmise that natural flavor is not all that simple and can be anything, even animal products. Also, the natural flavor terminology can be used to describe multiple undisclosed ingredients. And as current FDA regulations don't require companies to list each one. Also under current regulations, synthetic solvents, preservatives, emulsifiers, carriers, and other additives can be part of a flavor that qualifies as natural. Natural flavors and artificial flavors are both manufactured in a controlled environment by humans. The major difference is that artificial flavors are man-made. Stay with us. Next Monday, we'll be doing a deep dive into other labels that can be a source of confusion, and we'll tell you how to best navigate them. We love spreading the word about the benefits of a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet and want to invite you to join us in the movement. So make today the day you grab a Plants Change My Life t-shirt for yourself or someone you love. Check out our new colors and styles. Just visit plantschangemylife.com and click on merch. Your purchase helps us carry out our mission. You can also help by sharing the podcast with others, leaving feedback, and subscribing to the show wherever you listen. We truly appreciate your support. Thank you for listening in to the Plants Changed My Life podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us at Plants Changed My Life on Instagram and on Facebook. And head on over to PlantsChangeMyLife.com for additional information about the show and the resources that were mentioned. Also, if you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at stories at PlantsChangeMyLife.com. Respect. And always remember, when you eat good, you reap good. Peace.